Welcome to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. Each week, you'll learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness and explore the deeper knowledge within. Welcome home. Now here's your host, Dr. Kelly Neff. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Kelly Neff, and you are listening to Lucid Planet Radio on Transformation Talk Radio. Stay with us for the next hour and let us help you experience healing, inspiration, and knowledge the first Wednesday of every month on Lucid Planet Radio. We have some of the most gifted scientists, healers, speakers, and authors helping you to become the greatest version of yourself, which right now is more necessary and important than ever before. Um, You can find all of our podcasts for free on thelucidplanet.com, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. And you can also find me um, at Dr. Kelly Neff on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. So stay in touch. Well, today, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I have been gone for a month or two. Um, I needed to take a little bit of a hiatus this summer. To say that the energy has been heavy and overwhelming would really be an understatement. And I felt like I needed some time away to connect with myself, to process my emotions, the energetic imbalances, all of the life transitions that are happening um, before I could really put my voice out there in a, in a, you know, in a way that I felt that I could stand behind and who I'm happy to say I'm back and I'm feeling better. I also feel like this year has just been such a roller coaster. We have good days and bad days, the best of times. It's the worst of times. We're all going through the stages of grief in different ways. Um, we're grappling with not only the pandemic and the fear and the uncertainty of the pandemic, but also the rapid and and intense increase in mental health issues, substance use and misuse, suicide, um, you know, and then we have politics. It's so much, right? It's so much. (sighs) And on top of it all, we have this fear and social isolation, which are killers that can destroy our peace of mind. So coming back after a little, taking a little break, I thought that the best thing that I could do today was to help you guys Learn tools to bring back some of that joy and that peace of mind, um, overcoming all of this fear and stress, because many of us have never learned how to cope with anything like this. Very few people, especially in my generation and younger, have ever lived through such a time like this. You know, death, disease, uncertainty, riots. Um, If you're not scared, if you're not concerned, if you're not worried, then, you know, is there something wrong with you? But how can we use that fear and that worry in a constructive way rather than letting it destroy our mental state? So I'm thrilled today to invite Cindy Dale onto the show. Now, Cindy is an internationally renowned author, speaker, healer, and the author of 27 books on energy medicine, intuition, and spirituality. And today, She's going to share with us her insights on how we can free ourselves from fear and emerge from these crises stronger and more certain of our true self. And she uses the analogy of a butterfly emerging from a cocoon, which I love. Now, Cindy has also worked with over 70,000 clients, and her books have been translated into 17 languages 
And her current release, which came out in July, is Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and Chronic Conditions, which could not be more perfectly timed. And she will be following it up with Advanced Chakra Healing, which is a reissue of the book from 15 years ago that she co-wrote with Dana Childs, which is really a seminal work and one of the books that got me into energy work. Um, and uh, yeah, so she's, I'm really excited for this conversation. And Cindy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so jealous you got a break. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, self-care, right? I had to, I had to do it. You know, my, my book, uh, Sex Positive came out in February, 2020. Yeah. And I was in the middle of my tour and then just everything just blew up and I needed to reset. Well, and I think we all have to do that if we make it, maybe we can't do it for a month, but there's all these many ways to reset, aren't they? Sometimes, and they don't all have to involve, you know, getting the, whatever they call it now, the COVID-19 extra pounds. from <laughs> The COVID-15? Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's yeah. good. It'll go up to 19 by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, so how have you been, what have you been doing these last couple of months to kind of give yourself some relief? You know, the thing, you know, I, I got really scared right in the beginning, right when everything sort of crashed and my 21 year old son was suddenly living back in the house with me all the time. It, it And I work on the phone anyway. So my basic life didn't change. And so what I find is to be useful and to be productive is a way that I keep my own fear down. It certainly doesn't hurt that I have two dogs and about 14 baseball pitchers that come to my garage and work out all the time because one of the first things we did is put a gym in the garage. So I'm not saying that's normal life, but but looking for some other way to interact with the world than what we're used to, that's what's kept me sane, to be honest. You know, if you get yourself distracted, I don't think that's always the world's worst thing. You know, everyone is into gardening now, which I think is great. That's one of the ones I even started getting house plants. I was never around to take care of a plant um, and stuff like that, that creates kind of a discipline that you have to keep coming back to you. Um, but it's not stressful. It's a relaxing activity. So I agree. Sometimes we need that displacement um, energy. You know, it flows where the attention goes. Right. As I'm sure, you know. And so if we're focusing on the fear and we're focusing on uh, obsessively worrying, it creates a downward spiral, wouldn't you say? It does. It absolutely does. And, you know, that spiral, you talked about tools for joy. That spiral takes us away from joy. And then it becomes even harder to find our way back. Joy doesn't have to be bliss. I mean, it's fun when it's bliss. That happens like, what, once a month or whatever. But um, but joy can be contentment and being satiated or calm or peaceful or excited. Joy can even be relief. For some of us, I mean, sometimes it can be, you know what? I did good today. I gardened. I have butternut squash coming up in the garden. So yep. you you count the small blessings along with the big ones when we're going through. Like you said, Dr. Kelly, this is a very overwhelming time. It's too much. We have to block it out sometimes. It is. And one of the things that I notice as a creative person, and I know you're a prolific author, um, is that people are finding themselves creatively really locked up right now. Um, and it makes sense when you think about, you know, the burnout and fatigue and how when we're stressed, 
we go through these extremes where like some days you can't even get out of bed and other days you're totally manic, but it has been disruptive to many people's creative flows. And one of the things that I've noticed in the artists that I work with is that for many of them, they feel very bad. They feel very remorseful that they've had this time off at home, not having to go to work or do anything or being forced to stay home. And they still haven't accomplished the goals that they thought they would. Oh, if I just had more time, I could do X, Y, and Z. Well, I haven't. And I'm curious to hear what you think about that and about kind of how to change that dialogue. Like you said, a new structure within yourself. Well, that's a fantastic observation. And I think that has a lot to do with fear because fear contracts us. Um, so when we pull in, we can't reach out. When we're collapsed, it's very hard to paint. It's very hard to write. It's very hard to speak sometimes, you know, or to make a splash in mm -hmm. the world. And I think it's also really important, though, that we don't shame ourselves. If we've been cocooning, isn't that a really good thing? I do like to use the analogy that this is a good time from which to emerge as the butterfly. But I'm not so sure it's smart to fly around as a butterfly in the middle of the riot <laughs> and the pandemic and the good Lord. I mean, you know, the, the butterfly's gotta have wings to to get away from the stuff that's dangerous for it. So the whole the whole point of being in a cocoon is you're internalizing, which is a really big part of the creative. I know before I'm gonna write a book, I don't write the book. I don't do mm. anything. People think, oh, she's procrastinating, but I know my own process well enough to know there might be a month or two or whatever it might be where I'm just walking around and I can feel it sort of the, like making itself inside of me. It's like birthing inside of me, but I'm not writing a word. I don't even know what I'm going to write. Mm. So let this be a cocoon for however long it needs to be. And, you know, another fact, it's sort of gory. While that poor little caterpillars in the cocoon, about 95% of its cells are destroyed. Mm. Much. I mean, you're doing something when you're not doing something. <laughs> during. Wow, I didn't even know that. That's interesting. Yeah. What's opening are these cells called imaginal cells, and those are what's going to make the butterfly in the wings. So we've got to get ourselves out of this sort of self-inflicted shame, and I'm not being good, and like the old thoughts, like if I had more time, I'd do X, Y, Z. Well, if you had more time, you'd be doing exactly what you're doing. You're remaking yes. yourself inside to out. That is such a great way of looking at it and a great metaphor. And I wanted, it reminded me of something. Um, I was in a conversation, you know, a lot of us who are into kind of like energy healing and energy medicine, and, you know, we believe in a lot of these esoteric traditions or spiritual traditions or even things we can't see that are happening and we can feel them, but we can't observe them maybe with, you know, mainstream science yet. Well, there is a there is a train of thought. People are calling this like uh, an awakening that we're seeing a lot of these social structures that are very toxic kind of being called out and being destroyed. And that process of destruction is a very important part of the creative process, but it's also very painful. And if we don't know that we're if you're that caterpillar and you don't know that like you need 95% of your cells to die, then when that death is happening, it's probably extremely traumatic. Oh, traumatic and sad and 
I, I think a lot of us feel guilt ridden during that time. And, you know, so the question is then when we're more isolating than not, where do we get support? So yes, we do want to open spiritually. We want to open energetically. We want to let our own soul step forward. But we do also, I think, have to find a way to reach out to others one way or another so that we don't just feel that lonely despair that we can go down into. Yeah. And I think for me as a social psychologist, I know, you know, from my own work that social isolation is truly a killer. It actually causes more death, they think, than lung disease from smoking. Now, they can't prove, obviously, but correlationally, if you look at people's longitudinal lifetime data, when you're isolated, it causes horrible health outcomes for your mental and physical health. And that's what we're seeing. And I had a question for you, being an energy expert, um, about the whole six feet thing. If that is because, um, you know, they say, <laughs> is this just to keep us separated? Because like they say that the human energy body is about six feet in diameter, like the Merkaba, if you believe in that. Is that is that just a coincidence to you? I don't think it's just a coincidence. It is about six feet. So yeah. I saw that and I sort of chuckled because I'm like, we don't want to be mixing our energy now, do we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but for some of us, we want to. Some of us need, I, I call it skin hunger. You know, we need that physical touch. And as much as we can get support um, online and, you know, through various mediums, like what we're doing now, it's not necessarily the same as sharing that physical space. Um, but we have to find ways around that right now. Right, right. We do. And I think it depends on where you are in your life. Like I live with my son, his baseball guys come over. We're all in the same space. I mean, we're just not going to thread it. For the first month I washed everything like I, like I had a panic disorder. And then I was yeah. like, I mean, I actually had the virus at the end of February. It only lasted a day for me and I have antibodies, but that helps my attitude. Nonetheless, all right, we have to find some way to engage. Like one thing that I did and people can reach out if they need this service and even give it is somewhere in March, I joined an organization. It's called Little Brothers of the Elderly where there's shut-ins, elderly shut-ins that don't have anybody to talk to. So I got my person, Otis Hightower, and we talked on the phone a few times. And then he said, you know, would you come and see me? You know what I do? I drive down there with two chairs in my car and we sit six feet across once a week and he talks. He mainly talks, but he talks about really cool, interesting stuff. So I love I, that. That's the sweetest thing awesome. ever. I think we have to start getting creative every morning. Yeah. I throw my dogs in the car at four. I go to the dog park and I have walked this whole time nearly every day with the same dog park guy. He brings his dog. I have mine. We're not six feet across. It's cold or it's or hot or <laughs> whatever the weather is, but it's okay to be outside. Even science is saying, you know, you're probably not going to catch this unless you're, you know, kind of right there in a march with somebody or in a protest and, you know, we've both been well through this entire. Now they're even saying people did there wasn't an uptick from the protests because everyone was wearing masks. Yeah, they're wearing masks. Yeah. So it's well, and this is really getting to something that I've been thinking about, which is the uncertainty. Um, the other thing, the, the reason that fear is robbing our joy right now so much, I believe, is because we are being diametrically opposed 
So in other words, if there's two sides that are completely against each other and everybody is executing their confirmation bias where they're only willing to see information that confirms what they already believe, the amount of toxic fighting and drama and just nastiness going on with complete strangers on the internet about a simple topic, and pick any topic, right? And in election year, it's always worse, but pick any topic. People are fighting each other and arguing, and it's 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 the, the lack of empathy is like very heartbreaking to me and like the nastiness, but it's we're lashing out from fear. But it's that which I think is also really um, taking people's joy and kind of stomping all over it because it's like this... And I've had it too. I go on Facebook and I literally am like, I don't even want to go on here for a couple of days. I'm turning this off because all I'm seeing is just triggering me and making me mad and I'm getting sucked into it. Um, so I think like we need to kind of remind ourselves about our humanity of how to communicate with each other again. Yeah. And heart. And it's, it's bringing up for me another point, which is that I think a lot of our stressors, I think a lot of our fears are there because we're absorbing them from outside of ourselves. Yes. So we may have a little bit, we may have our own uncomfortable feelings. We may be triggering an issue of abandonment or, you know, just sort of general annoyance. I can't do what I want to do, but with all of this up and out in the air, like how well do we know how to screen what's in the air in our houses? Or if we go to the park, it's just what's in the air, we breathe it in. And we mm -hmm. do the same with subtle energy, which is guess what? 99.999% of all the energy is invisible. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of it, it's feelings. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's thought forms, it's belief systems. So I feel like we have to pay as much attention to these energy boundaries to making the decision, I'm not going to absorb the, the feelings that are not mine. I'm not going to absorb the hate that really doesn't originate with me. I'm not going to bring that in. We have to be as observant as that as we are with our three feet, six feet, whatever it is we're talking mm, about. That's a really great point. And I know you have your structure that you outline in your new book um, about, you know, the benefits of healthy fear and the dangers of unhealthy fear. And this is certainly the unhealthy fear is other people's fears. You said, I think, uh, was it fierce, a fear sponge? Yeah. That, right. How, how does someone out there know if they've become a fear sponge? Because I think one of the challenges right now is it is healthy to be afraid, right? People are dying. The economy is collapsing. We have police brutality. We have suicide. Like it's okay to be afraid. So how do we know if it's a healthy fear or an unhealthy fear? Well, healthy fear is about safety. It's a message. It says, you know what, you need to move forward, backward, to the right or the left, and mm -hmm. then you'll be safe. Because when we're feeling healthy fear, there's typically an action we can take. There might even be an attitude we can adopt. And then we move back into how we're supposed to be, which is our, you know, parasympathetic nervous system kind of bubbling along. And we just do our life until there's another reason to be scared, which isn't like the next second or the right. Right constant. But if we're constantly scared, if we take an action and we're still scared and our head goes, you know, this just doesn't seem like I should be scared anymore. If we're constantly scared or the fear is too big, you know, if you're sitting in your house, the virus isn't going to leap in through an open. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Or <laughs> if you go to bed at night and you're like, the doors are locked and everyone's in their place and you're still panicked or yeah. you're thinking that's not healthy fear. That's probably others' fear that you've absorbed. It could also be um, ancestral fear. 
I find a lot of people triggering fears that were in their ancestral communities or lineage. Um, like mine. I can absolutely, I can speak to that too. Yeah. Please do. Please. Oh, it's important to talk about this. It is. Oh, well, so my, my mother's father's family, most of them were killed in the Holocaust and in Israel and he fled Israel and his whole family was killed and he, you know, they moved to Israel and, um, years later, you know, we're, we're, I'm growing up on the East coast and, um, my mom is so paranoid about the doors being locked and the windows being locked. And I'm always like embarrassed and I would have a guy stay over, you know, my, um, my partner. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Cause she's like, okay, everything's going on lockdown. You can't go outside now until the morning. And I'm like, oh my God. And he looks at me, he's like, Kelly, like her whole family was rounded up in the night and murdered. Of course, that's going to be there. Of course, it's going to pass on to you. And I suddenly saw it in a whole new light that she's not just like overbearing or crazy or like trying to embarrass me, that this is genuinely in her DNA and her conditioning. Um, and, and then I was able to kind of have a dialogue about that. And you recognized it. And he helped you do that. I mean, yes. science, science is proving that on what they call our epigenomics chemical soup around the genes. It turns the genes on and off, actually. It creates a lot of our emotions. We have at least 14 generations of ancestral memories. So wow. we are our ancestors. And my parents grew up, they were young, but they grew up in the depression. And so mm -hmm. my grandparents went through various stages of terror and panic and no money and no food. So when we first went into lockdown and I found myself like totally stressed out around the food, mm. you never know there was a cub food near me because I was <laughs> like, oh my gosh, all the food's going to disappear. And you know, some of it did, some yeah. of it went down and this and that. But my my sane self, my intuitive self was like, Cindy, there's a really good food supply. Everything's fine. You know, send blessings to your ancestors because when they went through this, there wasn't food. They yeah. didn't have replenished larders. So I found myself going more into a state of compassion for those who came before me, which helped release me from the fears I was triggering into. And it makes you wonder, like, if we don't cope now with what's going on, are we going to create another 14 generations of ancestral trauma? Yes, we will. <laughs> we'll have to deal with this. We have to change things. I love that you brought up, hey, isn't this perhaps an awakening? Is this not perhaps a time to change the systems? And it's hard to think systems are going to change when, like you said, we've got this sort of bias that people are only hearing what is going to feed what they think is true. Yeah. So, I try to not just be that I get, you know what I've done. It's very interesting. I'm sort of on the liberal, you know, da, 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 da. I'm do energy work and this and that. I have a friend I've reconnected with after five years. He's a very staunch born again, Christian conservative. And we have rejoined our friendship and we're enjoying each other because mm. I think what we're doing is hearing each other in the way we want people in the world to hear each other. So whatever that little spark is that we're kind of keeping alive of grace and empathy and compassion. And sometimes we just laugh at each other because we're just going to go, well, you're not going to change and I'm not going to change, but we really like each other. So that's great. <laughs> I think that takes a mature level head. And because you have a history together, you actually care about each other as human beings versus just strangers on the internet who just want to unleash an attack. And I know we know for a fact that displacement is very real, right? 
Yes. And we often have an energy about something and we make it about something else. Um, so that's really great to see that. You know, I feel like you're actually doing the work um, and creating these dialogues. And I want to hear from you a little bit about like how how people can get into that state of mind, because I think that when fear, like you said, fear constricts, fear is very crippling. And I want to go back to what we were talking about. So instead of, for example, um, this friend of yours, instead of absorbing his fear, you're both releasing your own fears by being able to connect with each other, right? Yes, we're owning our own. We're saying, here's where I'm coming from. This yes. is impacting me. This is what I think we should do with it. But then we're sitting there with the other while they're while the other is saying, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm hoping for. And then you find your connection points. They mm -hmm. might be really low or really high. And I don't mean low is bad and high is good. It might be, but we do want everybody to have food, right? Yes. Or yes. I might be, well, we want everybody believing, you know, that there's a, there's a being, there's a consciousness that loves us. So I think it's about stretching low enough or high enough that like you're saying, you can see what you share. And I think that helps heal fear. That helps us get out of the panic or the abandonment, you know, where we're thinking something or somebody's always against us, or we're going to get attacked, or we're going to run out of this, or we're going to run out of that, you know, instead of, you know what, I'm connected. I think the opposite of fear is connection. So we have yes. to look for connection. You know, it's funny. I just think about the, the great toilet paper rush of 2020 and <laughs> and how it just it epitomized like exactly that fear herd mentality, that scarcity mentality. And also from a Freudian sense, you know, our obsession with pooping. Because, <laughs> you know, you get I don't know. I, <laughs> haven't even talked about that we, we we know we regress you know what's funny is um even the cat litter was sold out when i and, and i like kind of lost it when i went to the store and there's no toilet paper and cat litter like we're even worried about our animals ability to defecate during times of struggle and like it just blew my mind you know it's um, and it's really like me 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 isn't it like yeah Move out of I have a bidet, I, so I don't waste the paper. <laughs> well, oh, in my house, we needed for the gym because all the exercise gyms oh, and, yeah. and we needed barbells. So I'm going to admit something really embarrassing. So mm -hmm. I went on a barbell rampage. I was like, I'm going to get my son and my kids those barbells. This is so embarrassing. You know what? I ended up with three barbells. I did. I ended up with three barbells. And so I'm going, okay, I, I want to learn my lesson. So what's my lesson? And it's like, well, it's the opposite of greed and fear. So it's what? Compassion and giving. And the same dog park guy I walk with a lot. We were talking about that I had three barbells and he goes, you know, I need a barbell. I said, come and get a barbell. I have barbells. <laughs> cool. Dude, it's it, it there is a I mean a, the run on fitness equipment is also bizarre. Again, things we didn't expect this year to be trending, you know. But I think at least focusing and just as an aside, like focusing on health and wellness right now really is great. It's been great for me um to be like I started a new workout program. I've been lifting really heavy. I have a Peloton that I've had for years and I've been like riding the crap out of it because it's just keeps my mind focused. You know, like you said, keep keep you from getting sucked into this spiral and give yourself endorphins. 
um, because endorphins are kind of like, you know, nature's little free anti-fear drug, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the body actually makes at least seven joy molecules, Mm. like, you know, endorphins, serotonin, dopamine, epinephrine. I love the endocannabinoids that sort of like pot that you make just in your own inner Yes, You make them in your gut, I believe, right? Yeah. The receptors in your gut. It's kind of amazing. Like your serotonin that's in your gut. So yeah. it's what you're saying. Eat better, feed yourself, nourish yourself, take time off, exercise. It is a really good time to get simple again because our brains are going to make it all complicated. Our brains are going to make up obsessive compulsive disorders or if I knock three times, I'll never catch the virus or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that we're using to seek control. And what we can manage is how we're cooking, what we're eating without shaming ourselves. If we have that piece of chocolate every day, that's just fine. I, I, it, it opens up your third eye. It opens up your clairvoyance. It helps you see. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Your next book is about, um, mindful eating and, and the chakras and energy, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm, it's kind of a bit of a remake, but it's also a brand new take. I'm co-writing with Dana Child, who's Eat Right for Your Chakra Type. It's the funnest book. It will be when it's done. It's all good. Um, I'm a huge fan. Press, it's like you take this super cool quiz and you figure out how you might be eating or exercising based on what's your main chakra. Because for our soul to live its purpose, every single chakra energy center has a strong gift, you know, physical manifesting or feeling empathy or creativity or whatever it is. And so logically, the soul really needs to come more through one of our energy centers than the other to use this gift. So we help people like figure out what to eat, but it's based on what chakra your soul really needs to come through. And so there's a logic to it for me. Mm-hmm. Well, there, there's a logic to it. Can you explain really briefly for our listeners who maybe don't know exactly what the chakras are or kind of how they work? Can you just explain a little bit about the, the energy system? Absolutely. Because I know it gets confusing and I know a yeah. lot of heard the word chakra then goes what is that and I'm too embarrassed to ask all right yeah and I have them tattooed on my arm and like half the people are I live in Denver so we're heady half the people are like oh the chakras and the other people are like oh that's a cool design like what is that and like they're naturally drawn to it um because it's in our consciousness but yeah I I always love hearing a good expert's good uh, explanation yeah, well, you know, like the physical body has three main parts of the anatomy. We've got organs like the liver and the heart. We have channels like the blood vessels and the lymph system, and we have energy fields. And I don't even know how many of us are told we have energy fields, but every cell is electrical and it gives off electrical, magnetic, and electromagnetic fields and sound. So the body as a whole gives off what are really very measurable electromagnetic and sound fields too. So the sun anatomy is very much complicit. It's the same. It has organs. It 
works with channels and it works with fields, except these are less measurable, though we can measure a lot of them. So therefore they're invisible. They're more inaudible and they're invisible, but they work with the subtle energy rather than just the physical energy. Subtle mm-hmm. energy is just the stuff that we can't see, but it's the stuff of your intuition. It's the stuff of like, when you just get that sense to call a friend and they were, oh, I was just thinking about you. Yes. It's the stuff of empathy and the pictures you get in the dreams at night that maybe come true or explain you to yourself. It's when ideas pop in your head and you're like, somebody put that there. Something really lovely put that there. Mm. It's the stuff of the fear that we catch that's not our own fear. So we have a whole system that runs this 99.999% of our energy that is subtle. So chakras are the organs. They turn subtle energy into physical and physical into into subtle. So it moves them around. The channels are, there's the meridians, there's the nadis, there's different names for them in different cultures. Your energy fields, there's lots of them. Usually people like to describe the auric fields, those bright colors around you. So it's a system very much like the physical. It works like it, but it works with the invisible stuff. And it determines usually what's going to happen with your physical energy. Mm, that's a really great description. So when we're talking about the different chakras and how each one might be associated with an energy or a frequency, do you think that there are certain spots on the body or certain energy centers that are more or less associated with fear and with storing fear and storing trauma? Absolutely. So one of the really strong fear centers is in the solar plexus area. Mm. That's called the third chakra. You know why it gets a bad rap for fear? Is it because it holds a lot of beliefs? But of course, a lot of our beliefs, like this is dangerous, this is not dangerous, really we got when we were growing up. So they might not even be true. Most of them aren't even true these days, (laughs) though it Mm -hmm. is a scary time. So that center, our stomach center is really going wild right now. Yeah. And I think the hips, that's the first chakra. That's the one that's really active when we're in the womb. Up until six months, they all activate at different times. So whatever was happening in our family, like our whatever our parents brought to us, whatever like kind of got locked into our tiny little pre-verbal body is also triggering right now. Mm. And um, do you have, and I know you do have techniques in your book for this, but What are some techniques that we could describe right now for people um, about how to actually identify other people's fears or identify their old fears or their ancestral fears that are being stored in their body, um, in their energy body, and helping to release those? So the first thing I tell people to do if they're scared is they don't necessarily need to figure out if you know it's mom's fear, dad's fear, their friend's fear or whatever, I, I usually start by just assuming if it's a big fear or it's intermittent or it keeps happening, a lot of it's probably not going to be yours, right? You've been picking, mm. you inherited it. So I encourage one of the easiest energetic techniques to be, you know, used constantly, like image, white energy, gold energy, pink energy, pick your color, pick your polka dots, whatever it is, you know, and just, you know, picture, feel sort of like a wash of energy coming down from the heavens, Mm. all the way down through your body, through every single cell around your body, just washing out whatever energy is not yours, whatever fear, anger, Mm. 
issue thought is not yours. So at least start with only your issues. So first get rid of others because you can't heal an issue that's not yours. You can't process somebody else's fear for them. Mm -hmm. It's going to create more fear because it doesn't belong to you. So I always start with that. And the second thing I have people do is they use this word a lot in the new age. It's like get grounded, but yes, going, okay, well, what does that mean? I'm not into the tree thing. I'm not into like be a tree, send your roots into the ground. I bring the energy of the earth up into your body. Because if you know you have air, water, fire, earth, all the stuff that makes our body coming up through your feet, all the way through your legs, into your hips, up your spine, filling you up. Don't you now feel more empowered? Like you can now totally. things. You want to handle things. You don't want to run from them. You want to stand there and handle them. You only want to run when the train is coming at you. I mean, that's just smart. Mm. But you need <laughs> to do that. So get your energy from the earth. I just call them the elements. You don't have to just, just you let the energy come and go down to the earth that is not yours. And then let the earth, let the cosmos pull that energy up through your legs into your body, what you're naturally automatically going to feel more calm. I love this because the way that you're describing it can work for everyone. There isn't any special technique or like invocation or, you know, uh, meditation you have to do with it necessarily. It's more, like you said, a connection and a feeling. And it helps to you if you're if you're going to do it, take off your shoes and go stand in the grass and do it. Right. And yeah. you'll just feel that feeling. But yeah, this isn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, a lot of people are afraid of this because they feel like they can't do it or it's uh, too much work or it's confusing, but really it's very, we are naturally from the earth and part of the earth and made up of all the same elements as everything in nature. And um, yeah, I think that that very simple practice of grounding, it's been hugely important for me. I've had to like go back and remind myself during this. Like, oh yeah. Anyway, continuing. Yeah. So those are a couple really important ways to work. Um, The other thing people like in my field start to, you know, think about how am I going to protect myself? And the truth is you, you can certainly envision yourself with armoring around you or this or that or the other thing, but your own protection is being yourself. I mean, you're a light, you're a spirit, you are your own unique being. And if you're emanating or radiating who you really are, ain't nothing going to get in to see the wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Just be yourself. So I often suggest that people bring their focus into the middle of their heart, visualize themselves, feel their true self, conjoin with whatever they believe spirit or the goodness or the oneness to be, and then just start beaming. It can be a sound, a song, a picture, a light, because again, as long as you're radiating yourself, that energy is going to go all the way around you and it will keep you safe. Wow. That's amazing. It's a good point. And I think um, we're going to need this because from now to the election, the next hundred days, I don't see things. And this is just my opinion. I am an optimist, but I don't see we're, us getting any relief from the, the fear programming and from everything. It's very intense around us, um, you know, between people's employment, um, unemployment being cut off with no and no more rent forgiveness. Right. There's there is a genuine fear of survival that we're going to be experiencing um, for many people out there. And so we do need to almost like 
psychically prepare ourselves for what's coming. We do. We do. And that's why we want to radiate and be ourselves because that's also going to calm other people down. Oh, good point. Yeah. Good point. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're, we're being ourselves and that supports other people in being themselves. And you know what, when we're being brave and courageous, don't we, don't we feel better? Absolutely. We're not going to, yeah, we're not going to give into, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to need help. It's okay to when we're lonely, reach out or want somebody to reach out to us. And it's okay to be our brave self too, to be the soul who we really are. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think, I think even just talking about this is relaxing me a little bit, (laughs) which is also good because yeah, we don't know what the future holds. And like, one thing we talk about in psychology is the idea of resilience and that resilience is one of the best predictors of positive health outcomes. But we don't know exactly why some people are more resilient than others. However, it is a trait that we can learn by building ourselves up with certain coping coping skills and coping strategies and seeking help and learning how to breathe and how to control our energies and I'm curious if you had any comments on um, like breath work or pranayama or any breathing exercises that you found useful for people who are going through um, fear and stress. Absolutely. I really, you know, there's, isn't there a song or a, or a poem, like just breathe? <laughs> I mean, <you> know, <laughs> Probably a lot of fancy breathing techniques, but in the end, what's important is just breathe, just feel yourself breathing, know that you're breathing because under fear, we do stop breathing. And so Mm. one important way to release our fear is just to breathe. So my son, for instance, when he's on the mound, he breathes six seconds in, six seconds out. I'm a shorter breather. I do three seconds up, three seconds down. (laughs) So you're talking about box breathing, right? Exactly. Exactly. You just find your way. And the other thing, it's very simple, but I tell people do, is get in your body. I believe we have a soul and we're going to be most present and strongest and happiest and healthiest and on point if that soul isn't flying around. They, they call it dissociation in therapy. Yes. Right? yes but, very well, much but, so. but what it is, is it's about being in the body, the soul in the body. So stamp your feet. Feel your feet, touch your knees. I mean, touch your stomach, like give permission for the soul to be in, to be in. Mm. Your soul can access ways to deal with stress from, I believe there's past lives. People don't have to believe that, but you can just say, okay, we have ancestors. I got some pretty interesting shows about from a- Good. Yeah. Past life. uh, um, I'm going to have to look up her name really quickly, but she was great. Past life regression therapy. And yeah, there's too many coincidences there, right? There's too many people. Exactly. So, so if we have ancestors and we have past lives and we can bring in all their fears, we can bring in their triggers. We can bring in their, oh my God, I died from this or I died from that. We can also bring in the powers and the strengths and the abilities. We can also bring in how we knew how to do this or do that in different time periods. So Mm. I suggest that we start saying, okay, I want to bring in the positives. I want to bring in the power. I want to bring in the strength. I want to bring in my survival in a good way as opposed to my survival under threat. Right. Yeah. Gandhi. Gandhi stood in front of like 
all these scary people. And he was just calm. So we're maybe we're not related to Gandhi, but betcha back there, we've been that type of person or mm. we have ancestors who have been that type of person. Do you feel like this collective, you know, and it's like, I'm, I'm of the Jungian school of psychology, which we talk about the collective unconscious or the co- yeah. collective subconscious that we are all connected um, energetically to each other on some level of consciousness. If consciousness even exists inside the body or does consciousness actually exist outside of the body and it's something we're all connecting to. And I think in my opinion, you know, this is why we are so affected, at least for me, you and I both, we we know enough and have been through enough training and practice that like uh, this this year, this got me pretty good. I was stressed out. <laughs> I mean, I had to just turn it all off for a minute and regroup and admit that I needed help, right? And I feel like under, under quote, normal circumstances, like I should just be able to handle this. You know, I know all this psychology stuff and I'm really into like healing, but it still got me. And and I feel like we are connected. And the more that we are connected, the more that we can pick up that psychic debris and that underlying kind of frequency. Because I feel like fear, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Fear almost has a frequency that you can grab and you can sense. And it feels like it's just permeating all around us. It is. And it is a frequency. And it's a frenzied it, it's at this, it, it induces anxiety, but also depression at the yeah. same time, right? So it's a sneaky frequency because we might be more focused on the anxious feeling, the stomach butterflies, not the butterflies we're trying to become or whatever it is, yeah. but also a, a way that we're being weighed down with it and burdened and it's heavy and it's hard. So that's why like you took some time out to just say, wait a minute, yeah. I'm going to rest within myself. I'm going to be, I'm going to learn how to be me in this new circumstance, not just respond to these frequencies that are hitting me, that are happening to me and figure out how I am going to be in response to them. Because fear is a frequency. Love is a set of frequencies. Um, But but then there's the gift of fear. I mean, there's actually a book called that the gift of fear where I can't, I read it years and years ago where he Mm. said, look, you know, when you're walking down the street and you're feeling scared, it's because somebody's maybe thinking something scary there. They maybe are thinking of doing something that should make you scared. So feel the fear honor Uh, like our instincts, our instincts. Exactly. And I think there's so much fear, so much anger, so much this and that floating around. Maybe we're sort of out of touch with our instincts right now too. Mm, We are. Well, and it's hard to, I think that's kind of where we started this conversation is how do you know if this is your healthy fear that you're supposed to follow or if this is other people's fear and a frequency that's coming from the outside. And I think that is the question that warrants deep consideration and understanding because it's hard to say. And during this time, it's like almost an opportunity to test out a theory, right? Because it's it's really hard to say because I'm, I'm afraid. I don't want to be homeless and I don't want to get sick and die. And I don't want the people I love to suffer, right? But I also want to live. (laughs) So where do you draw the line? I mean, how do you, how do you understand it's a, it's, you've definitely given me a lot to think about here. 
um, with the caveat that, you know, we all have to be kinder to ourselves. Sometimes we don't know. Sometimes we think it's our healthy fear and it's unhealthy fear, right? That's okay. It's confusing. So, so then how do we be good to ourselves? We've both been emphasizing that is like, then stop pull in the Buddhists have a great approach to that. Then do nothing. Mm. <laughs> if you don't know what to do, just do nothing. Yeah. We don't always have to act. Exactly. If you only perceive two choices and neither of them feel good, wait until a third emerges because mm. that's the place of presence. That's how to be in the middle of your body inside of yourself in the now right here and it's it's realistic and it's spiritual at the same time and i don't mean religious i mean full of spirit where you get to be full of your own spirit which is very aware of what's good for you and what's not what's safe for you and what's not what's kind to others and what's not kind to others so mm. if we fill with our own spirit it doesn't mean bad things will never happen again. It just means we have the presence to know what to do or what not to do. You're reminding me of one of my favorite Zen Buddhist proverbs, which is the maybe so story. Are you familiar with that? I, I am. It's, it's it, you know, it, which basically I don't need to go into it. You can look it up if you're out there since we're almost out of time. Um, but it, just this idea that, we can't evaluate every event de facto out of context. So like, this is good, this is bad, this is good, this is bad, this is good. And, and you know, something happens and the Zen master says, maybe so, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. Because ideally, really, like we don't know where this path is leading us. And it, it's a control thing to say, this is definitely bad, this is definitely good, these are my only two options. So you, you, may, you reminded me of that. There is a third option, which is just to be and to exist and to see how everything unfolds before attaching a value judgment to any event. Curiosity is a good trait during this time, yeah. right? Yeah. I agree. I Walt Whitman, there was a poem, you know, he went forth every day and the first object he saw, that object he became. And I'm not totally into blurring your boundaries. But <laughs> what about, you know what? Just be curious. Just, 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 I've never really thought about it that deeply, but cultivate mm -hmm. curiosity during this time. How am I going to be with this? Let's find out. Yeah. How am I with it next time, let's find out. That gets you out of judgment. Let's say one time the toilet paper's gone and you freak out. Let's say there's another time it's gone and you go, well, this is really interesting. Huh, I'll <laughs> use Kleenex or whatever. Right. I've definitely used paper towel. You know, it'll work. It's just not exactly. the softest. We'll all survive, though. That's the thing. Even everything that we've been through to this time is fearful and stressful as it been. We're all still here right now if you're listening to this. And you know, maybe things aren't as bad as they seem. Maybe they're worse than they seem. But you, we each have a day every day that we wake up that we can try to be part of the solution and we can try to bring joy to the people we care about and, and support people. And you've inspired me a lot, you know, talking about reaching out to strangers and creating dialogue with people who disagree. These are ways that we rebuild like that, that, that trust we have for each other. That's kind of been eroded. And the way we kind of change that frequency pattern from a, a manic fear-based frequency to a love-based frequency. So I'm going to, I'm going to go do that. I encourage everyone listening to do that too. Find someone new to talk to you, whether it's in person or not, maybe who disagrees with you and maybe just see what happens. I love that. 
Yeah. I mean, even my youngest son, we have some differing beliefs and, you know, I'll just let him instruct me like, you know, mom, this is why we need to look at this different way. And I'll just sit and listen. And inside I'm going, how did he become so wise? <laughs> oh, that's cute. Because good parenting. <laughs> good. Well, I, I do have a funny story about that. Like I gave both my boys permission to give me timeouts. Like I could give them timeouts, but they could give me timeouts. Honestly, well, the, the oldest one got a couple timeouts, but, but my youngest never did. I, on the other hand, was given a few timeouts by huh. like, mommy. That's not how you're supposed to be. You, you need a timeout right now. So <laughs> sometimes... We need ourselves to be given timeouts if we're overwhelmed, if we're scared, or if we're just going to not say nice things. Sometimes we, yeah. we need a little bit of self-discipline during this time, too. Yes, that's a really good point. And that's kind of where I was finding myself. If, if, I'm, if I'm feeling triggered and everything I'm seeing and reacting is negative, I have to stop. I have to actually re remember that I don't like to feel this way and I don't want to feel this way. And I have a choice about how I feel. And it's about, you know, putting my energy back where it belongs, which is grounding. Um, wow. Well, this has been a great show. Thank you so much, Cindy Dale, for everything. Um, I think that, you know, <laughs> we keep moving forward and I'd love to check in with you, you know, in like another six months and see how you're doing with all this and all the projects that you're working on. Um, before we go, can you also tell everyone how they can get in contact with you? I know you've worked with thousands and thousands of people, and I think that it would be a great resource for a lot of our listeners during this time. And also you have your new book that just came out that we've been talking about. Um, yeah. So how, what's the best way to reach you? Easy. It, my name is spelled weird. It's C-Y-N-D-I for Cindy, cindydell.com. So you can go on my website. It'll tell you what I'm up to. I've got classes I teach. I've got some nice downloads. I've got a couple free downloads. And then my new book, Energy Healing for Trauma, Stress, and chronic illness. And you know what? Aren't we all dealing with that right now? Actually, actually there's information about the pandemic in it too. I was no able, way. No, honestly way. Yeah. April, April, I got the copy and it was like, my editor said, do you want to really quickly put like 12 pages in here about the pandemic? I got them in there. Okay. That's awesome. See, that's how you know you're in flow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, energy healing for stress, chronic pain or chronic illness and trauma and the pandemic. I mean, that just is great. Yeah, so definitely there. check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much, Sydney, to you. Cindy. I appreciate it. Thank and um, yeah, keep sure. doing your thing. Keep working out with those boys, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just put this in the gym. I can't promise that I'm actually lifting every single barbell out there. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we all have to do what makes us happy. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and for sticking with me, even though I went on that little hiatus. Um, I always have the best time. And I hope that this show brought you some joy, brought you some peace of mind. It definitely gave me a lot to think about. And um, uh, stick with us. I'll be back uh, in a couple weeks with another show. But until then, remember, you can find us on lucidplanetradio.com. And you can find me um, on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Kelly Neff and cindydale.com, C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-L-E.com for um, more information about today's show. Have a great time, you guys. Much love. You've been listening to the hit show, Lucid Planet Radio, with renowned psychologist and author, Dr. Kelly Neff. 
Tune in each week as we illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. This hit show will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake up to the greatest version of yourself. Learn how to navigate the global shift of consciousness as you explore the deeper knowledge, passion, and purpose within. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for upcoming show topics and to contact Dr. Kelly.